Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of It's Britney Beat Podcast, a show where you and I go on a journey and break down subjects that most of us want to talk about, listen to, or even want to be a part of. I am your fun, pretty loving host, Brittany, and today we are having part two of our interview with World Pennywell. So sit back, relax, and let's chat. Okay, so we went through pretty much the biography, the history of World Pennywell. Now, let's talk about your music journey. You've been working with music for a minute now. I'm assuming since you were young, would you say that music was like a good solid source of like comfort for you, especially with like the lifestyle you were living? Um, I would say more so listening to music. Uh, was more comforting for me than anything, you know, because um, music really talked to you. It's really, you know, it can it can really trigger your emotions and stuff like that when you really got a good artist or whatnot. So I would say I always loved music. Like I, I watched the um, biographies of all the artists, Celine Dion, Richie Valentine's, Five Heartbeats, Temptations. I go all, can go all day with those. But um, I really love music. Like I always, I could hear music in my, you know, in my head and stuff like that, like little beats and stuff. And that's one of the reasons I would freestyle. But like I said, I never thought it was like a career path. It wasn't in, until um, the pandemic happened and we were stuck in the house. You know, this is um, when I decided like I'm gonna pursue music. So I never recorded. I never did anything but you know wrote raps, wrote poems in my book while I was in my cell, and uh, freestyle. I never like really pursued music. I never went to a real studio. I never like recorded anything. Oh, wow! So during the pandemic, about three and a half years ago, I decided to go to Guitar City and just buy everything because now I have you know a little bit of you know change I can afford to get my own equipment. So I'm like, I'm just gonna you know build a room in my in my house and you know make it into a studio so that's what i did so then that's when i started writing music and actually pursuing it as a career you know and it was more so for my entertainment company you know paper in my pocket entertainment which you know has movies podcasts and music all tied into one thing so the big thing being the movies but the music was like the jump start because i was stuck in the house so it's like for a whole year i would just every day go in the studio and just make music, make music, make music. And then when they opened us up, I started going in and, you know, finding producers and auto en- uh, engineers to come through and, you know, fix it up and everything and make it, make it sound good. Nice. Yeah. So music was the, pretty much the catalyst of opening paper in my pocket entertainment, which is pimp ENT. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. Pimp ENT. So, Seems like you definitely accumulated a lot of knowledge, uh, you know, through the streets and through school and through music. When did you start getting into acting? So um, when I first came home from prison, um, you know, because I had my little muscles and stuff. I yeah. was uh, in, in best shape, you know, because didn't do number workout all day. So uh, when I came home, I started doing personal training. And a lot of people kept saying, like, you look like a model like you should model you should you know take some pictures you should do that so i you know at first i was just like man that's you know some pretty boy stuff i ain't really trying to do no model you know so i ain't really like you know wasn't really interested in it but i kept hearing it enough so i was just like let me go you know see some so when i first got out of prison i was staying in a trailer in port huron and um right directly across the street was ghani vision production 
at this time, I didn't know who Ghani was. So I just seen Ghani Vision production. I seen the little camera and I'm like, oh, let me go, you know, knock on the door and see what's up. So, I, you know, I went over there and knocked on his door and, you know, we basically, you know, became cool, you know what I mean? Over time, you know, we just, so he started taking modeling pictures, doing modeling cards, and I started going on casting calls and stuff. I was doing that during college because all my electives in college was all acting. Improv 101, Improv 102, Acting 1, Acting 2, Theater, Theater History, um, you know, Creative Writing. So I was always interested in being an actor. Like I used to mimic anything. I watched karate movies, you know, chop my sisters down and everything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Whoever came through the door, you know, just, you know, it just became the movie I watched. Yeah. Know, it came to life. Yeah. Me. So, yeah. Um, Shout out to Ghani Vision, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how that's how it, you know, that's how the acting and, and modeling stuff started. It just started through, like, me just basically going to the paper and like, oh, this audition or looking online. So I got hooked up with a few talent companies and then they would call me from time to time for audition, but I ain't never getting nothing. I, I didn't understand acting. You know what I mean? Is acting is more like embodying an emotion or a feeling or that person. Like you become that person. You have to understand that person's feelings. They, you know, their moods and like what, what that character is going through and what that character is feeling and what you want to display to your audience. So it's like, I just was reading lines like, oh, I can remember this stuff so quick because I'm smart, you know, so I could just remember the lines. So I just go in there, blah, 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 say my lines real quick. And I, I thought that would impress them because I didn't need no paper and I wasn't reading from no script. So I, I had a, I never had no formal coaching. So I, I went to Gordon Michaels Coaching Academy. Um, I want to say it was in like Novi or Brownstown. It was, it was somewhere like in the Plymouth, Novi area. But um, Gordon Michaels is who actually start teaching me acting skills, private lessons, one-on-one. I did that for like two and a half years. So um, after that, like I said, you know, I continued working and hustling and doing what I was doing and going to school. So music kind of got away from me. Acting kind of got away from me until the pandemic came. Mm-hmm. I, I get what you mean when you say the comprehension in that sense Sometimes it gets scary trying to go into being that character too, depending on what you're playing and whatnot. Right. So you've done pretty much everything. Mastering your acting. Now you don't master acting. Uh, now you know that, you know, yeah. acting is a one of those things like being a doctor. You got to constantly go to school because it's always a new disease and a new medicine that you got to learn about. So acting's the same way because, like, I don't think no person – holds all the emotions inside of them, like every different one, anger, sad, mad, at all times. So it's like some people actually have to go outside of their body, and it's a learning process. So being around people like, you know, you as a character, when um, I was around you and the other characters from the port when we were shooting the movie, like me seeing them bring their character lie, you know, taught me more stuff too, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting game from everywhere I go. If I'm in here, I'm watching him mess with the board, if I'm with you, I'm watching you, how you doing your hosting. I'm 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 calculating all this information and seeing if I can apply it to anything in my life. Always learning. Yeah. That's yes. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. So you are also, let's add this to the list, ladies and gentlemen, executive producer of the movie The Port. So yes. now you're applying your acting 
to a movie that's with Ghani Vision. Tell us about that. It was a real blessing, to be honest. Uh, um, me and Ghani, he does all my media, all my photography, all my background. Anything you see on any of my social media sites come from Ghani. Like, that's that's my man. He going to be with me to the end when it comes to this this type of entertainment. So he is the writer and the director of the movie The Port. So because, you know, we're doing music videos and, you know, I was around a lot, you know, you know, he expressed that to me about it. I'm like, man, I want to be a part of that too. And he was like, bet, you know, I'm a, I'll write you a character in. So um, we started like two years ago with the, you know, production of the movie The Port. And um, we just now, you know, are starting to wrap things up and put the final touches on it. It should be, you know, coming coming out soon. That'll yeah. be exciting. I can't wait to see that. Now, tell us about the role that you're playing. Can we get a little bit of like a hint or can we, do we have to keep it a little bit of a secret? Well, um, for the most part, you know, I probably should have asked the director what I can and can I say to be safe, but not to give up too much and keep a little suspense so that, you know, people would actually go and watch it. I basically kind of play myself. Like, my personality and my character in it is pretty similar to uh, real life. Not the actual person, but, you know, the personality. Like, you know, the character I had to become. So it's uh, basically a mafia family. And um, I'm one of the sons by the estranged woman, you know, the, the woman on the side. So I basically become a partner in this business. And, you know, I go in, uh, in these type of movies, they... They spin, twist, and turn. They give you everything you want from drama to murder to, you know, suspense. And whatever you need, it's going to give you that fix. I can almost guarantee that. So, y'all make sure y'all look out for that. Sounds like it's going to be a really good movie. So, yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Now, with everything that you've done, I can't even imagine that you have, like, a personal life outside of what you do. But do you have a personal life outside of everything? And if you do, what's it like? I mean, yeah, I mean, artists and, you know, actors, they all got families. You know, we got kids, families. Um, you know, we got normal everyday stuff just like anybody else. It's just that we have like a third and fourth gear. So it's like we don't really get content with, you know, stuff that, you know, a lot of people would, you know, just having a good job and, you know, family got food on the table and, a, you know, roof over your head and clothes on your back. A lot of people settle for that as, you know, getting by. So it's like certain people want to, you know, they feel like they have to like be up 20 hours a day to accomplish like their visions in their brain and like what they want to manifest out their life. So, and for me, I got to work extra hard because I already got them, them strikes on me from when I was 18. So, you know, they don't, they don't come off you. So you got to like, I got to do extra work, you know, to, to even get a shot. And with you constantly learning, getting all the degrees and stuff, I mean, it seems like you're doing a great job. How do you, how do you balance that? I mean, it's a, you know, it's just one of those things where you just, so what I do is this, like every year I try to learn something new. This year I'm trying to learn how to, you know, make beats for, for the music part of my business. And then like as an actor, you know, part of, I wanted to be executive producer, you know, I wanted to be a part of it, you know, help out with it, have, you know, a small say-so in the film. So it's like everything that I'm already doing, I'm just trying to find ways to like better that 
or increase that or make that, you know, more prosperous. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So the ladies are going to watch this. They're going to see that you are a very handsome, attractive man. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you currently in a relationship? And if you are, how do you balance that? Well, I don't really believe in like traditional relationships. So I'm not a traditional relationship type of guy, but I'm not in a relationship because I don't believe in relationship standards. Uh, I have my own standards that, you know, that I apply and they don't work for everybody. So, you know, I don't want to get nobody no, <laughs> no game they don't really deserve, you know, games to be sold, not told, but I don't, um, no, I don't really believe in traditional um, relationships or whatnot. Like, I'm like a 70s baby, I guess you would say. Like, I'm, like a, <laughs> I'm like a hippie in relationships. I yeah. Guess, you know? I, just, I just feel like you shouldn't really close yourself off to, like, limit yourself to, like, one person. So it's like if I'm vibing and bonding with you, like, we're benefiting growing me and you. I can also do that same thing with with other women. Like, so there's not, like, just because you only have a limited amount of resources and knowledge and benefits that you can bring to the table. If I got a table full of benefits and resources and stuff, you know, <laughs> then it's it's like a collective bargaining type thing for me. The way I would kind of put it, it's like I'm not going to ever, like, stop myself to, like, like, I think love is kind of cliche. You know what I mean? So it's like you love basically people that do stuff for you, you know? So you That's love true. your mother and your father if you had a mother and a father because they take care of you, you know, put food on the table, you know, they take, you know, they're there to protect you. You know, you love your girl for the, basically the same reasons, you know, they go to work, you know, they, you know, they got your back, at least they supposed to. So it's like you, you're loving them for the benefits that they're applying. Just like if your mom or dad didn't love you or beat you or talk down to you or left you or abandoned you, you probably would have a bitter feeling. It's the same way with relationships. Your relationship, it don't work out. What happened? You sad, feeling yeah. bad, <laughs> disappointed. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, that's because you put all your energy into one person. Yeah. And the energy, if they can't give it back, it's very, very rare that you find a soulmate. That's what I would tell you. I know. I'm starting to lose If I that. find one, I, you know, I go ahead and do, do, do what I got to do about it. You know, make sure I secure that, period. But it's very, very rare that you find someone of a like soul like yourself. Yeah. They don't just make a hundred Britneys, you know. They don't make a hundred world peas. It might be one that's compatible. Yeah, they, society might need to stop with that soulmate thing. You're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's. I mean, that is a good way to view it, because love makes me crazy. It At makes, least when it, I think it I'm made everybody love. crazy. Yeah. Because we are doing it incorrectly. That's my motto. Like we're loving incorrectly. What so, do you mean by that? That's what I'm saying. Like you putting the energy into people. Like love got to be earned. That's like true. people come to the relationship and, you know, they get that, that poom poom put on them or they get that tang tang put on them. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. And then now their emotions are being channeled by the benefit. Yeah. Or the man or the woman bringing the bag to the table. So now that's the security. It's the benefit. So is your love really pure or is it situational? Right, because if it goes away, are you still going to be yeah, here? You know how it is. When I went to prison, I, they always gone. Yeah. Like all the young ladies that was, you know, world this, world that. They, no letters, no pictures. You know, I ain't come home to no parties or nothing, you know. So 
Love changes if the situation changes. Yeah, I mean, think about it. My grandparents were married 32 years, got a divorce. Remarried for another 40 years. So it's like, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You can find love multiple times. But if he just closed himself off after that and just didn't, you know, look no more. But that means he had two soulmates, correct? Yeah. Because he spent 30 with one and another 40 with another. So that's basically like two soulmates. You gave 30 years of your life to a person that you connected with. And people evolve. They're always changing. So, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why I said traditional relationships don't work because as you growing and your mind growing and your desires and your if your man ain't growing, what happened? Now it's a distance. Yeah, then a person like me him. come in, doop, 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 doop. And next thing you know, now you got love drunk. You know, now you love's hurt. You know, you're sitting back feeling bad because now the relationship didn't work. Yeah. Because you was pouring into something that couldn't pour back into you. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just really what it is with me. But there's there's soulmates out there. There's people that find they even yoke. It's rare because if you look around at your peers that's been married, a lot of them been divorced or they unhappy. Yep. So it's like, I can is, that really, is that really a win? No. You got married, but I got a divorce. You got married, but you're not happy. Is that really a win? No. Love don't win in those situations. No, it doesn't. Nah, they don't win in those situations. Definitely sounds one-sided. I know for myself, I'll look at other people and then I'll be like, yeah, I'm glad I'm not in a relationship. Then I look at my own marriage and I was like, yeah, I'm glad I left. So it, it's very discouraging when you see that it's it turns out to be that way. Because mm -hmm. love is... My uh, mother and father, they were married, not together, but my mother eventually found her a man and got married, and so did my father, found him a woman and got married, but they both ended in divorce as well. You know, So maybe that may have something to do with my psyche as well as the ism that I you know hold tight to me might have something to do with it. Not to mention... I do know sociology and psychology, so I kind of know how to read, read people. And it's like people are never who they actually say they are. They're never this blunt. They're scared. They're afraid. Their emotions. They're worried about what people think about them. So you're not really getting a real version of a person. It takes a long time, about a year, year and a half, to really knock down some of those walls on most people. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's nerve wracking yeah. thinking about it that way. Oh. Whoa, that was a whole new insight on love that I, I never even thought of, I even thought of. I mean, I didn't know I was going to say it. It just, you know, the question led me there. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to be walking out having a new perspective on life. Like, you know what? I could have more than one soulmate because you only think that there's only one. You find that person and that's it. It's like, oh, okay. Now, with today's world. How do you feel as a man in today's world? My previous episode, I talked about how modern day feminism is like, I personally believe ruining America and ruining the the masculine of a man. Do you side with some of the things Western I mean, feminism says? I, I mean, the best I could say, I agree with you. Like, I, I think it's, it's way too much. You know, mm -hmm. there has to be boundaries and there's hierarchies like a woman can still be the head of her household and still be a boss you know and still get a bag and all that you know and still you know be a lady at the same time like it doesn't Absolutely. you don't have to separate it you know you could take care of your kids cook clean take care of your man and you know go to the office and take care of businesses it shouldn't be separated and women shouldn't try to be a man and a man should try to be a woman like we are what god made us so we are who we are and if you're a woman you know 
there's certain things, you know, it's the reason why you was able to give birth, you know, for the nurturing side of you, you know, it's not something that was given to a man. So to be able to take care of a kid, you got to cook, you got to clean, you get what I'm saying? So yeah. these are just common things that I think, you know, are being lax, you know, daycare and, you know, other people are raising the kids nowadays, I know that's you know, right. when I was, when I was younger, all the kids went to the aunties or the grandma house or the next door neighbors, but we was all with family because they was family too. It wasn't, you know, people wasn't separated. Mom and dad wasn't gone all day. And now the economy calls for that. You both have to go to work and get yes. some money or one person got to have the skills to get to the bag. Mm-hmm. If one person can't get to the bag by themselves, it has to become a team effort. It's just really that simple. So, but that doesn't mean you lose the traditional values of man and woman. Yeah, and I feel like we are losing that a lot. Mm. I like masculine men. I think, like, look, you're the man of the household. I'll take care of the kids. Yep, still go to work if, you know, if needed. But, you know, it's changing the dynamic of how I feel like even kids are being raised. Boys are being viewed as men are not anything. And then women, you know, girls are viewed like I can do anything in this world. But if a man does or if a boy does that, like my daughter has a girl empowerment group in her school, but there's no boy empowerment like in the school. Mm. So it's like how, how, how do you have that mind frame to grow as a boy into a man if you don't even have that kind of support? Well, I mean, if you look back on history, at one point in time, there was a big gap. You know, there was a big gap between men and women, but that gap has been closed. And now it's starting to like morph it to like, you know, eating men up, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. To the point where men are even, a, you know, they have to hold their tongue. They can't speak. They can't say what they want to say because, you know, social media or, you know, their peers are cut them down because it's a woman's world now. It's no longer yeah. a man's world, you know? No, man, James Brown would be disappointed they in that, sure man. Would be. He'd be like, what? So, and, oh. There are women that are men at their house, so I want to make sure I make that clear. You know, like my mother, she was a single-parent mother. There wasn't a man there, so until I became a man and I had the knowledge and the skills to be a man, then, you know, I can't run that household. You know, she had to be the man the protector, the provider, you know, and do the things. My mom fixed stuff. She cooked food, went to work, worked three jobs. Like, so I ain't, I ain't got no excuse for no, for no woman, you know, not in today's society. Cause I watched my mother do everything and she did it well with pride. You know what I mean? So she, she didn't complain much about, about it. You know, she got up, worked three jobs, came home, cooked full meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, cleaned the house, Went grocery shopping, paid all the bills, went to school, argued with the principal for me. Like she was the man of the house. And so you so, learned a lot from her yeah. based off what you were just saying. You were just mentioning that about yourself. Yeah. So if my mom, if that if I expect that from her and she was able to do that and accomplish that, that's the same thing, you know, I look at like she was the man of her house. So every household is set up differently, but just coming in the household like, you know, the woman is the man of the house. Like that don't, that don't work like that. That's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. In my opinion, make sure I make that clear. <laughs> now, do you have any future projects coming up? Yes, I do. Um, I just dropped a video, um, a little understanding. It's on all social media platforms and YouTube. And, um, I got an album called, um, 
I think I'm gonna go with Macalicious, or, <laughs> or or you know I might go with Pimps and Dancing Hyenas. I got a few names. I'm still oh, those are two good ones. Yeah, I'm like still I'm still juggling I'm still juggling them around a little bit, but I'm hoping to drop it in the spring. Okay. So that's a new project, and then the port, which we working on that, that should be dropping very soon. I, I want everybody wait. to go check that out. But um, if anybody want to check any of my stuff out, World Pennywell on all social media sites. It's Will. Pennywell Jr. on Facebook and uh, worldpennywell.com, my website. Y'all can get free music and um, hopefully um, you'll be able to find the port on, on your favorite streaming site soon, you know? Yeah, I can't wait for that. Well, World, it has been such an honor for you to be on the show. You are a very, very spectacular human being. With, all, with everything that you've gone through, it's, it's very inspirational. Very inspirational, and I can't wait to see how far you're going to go, and I think it's going to be very far. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, that was another episode of It's Britney B Podcast, a show where you and I go on a journey and talk about things that, you know, most people want to talk about, and now people coming in and talking. I'm your host, Brittany, and thank you. Have a great day.